morning and welcome back to our uh, conversation about how to find God in the midst of our lives, especially in the circumstances that we find ourselves in. Good morning. This is Father Mark and uh, how you doing? All right. Same question that I've asked you the last couple of days and it's not merely because uh, it's a, a convenient or colloquial way for us to enter into podcast. No, I, I mean that. Like, how you doing? important for us to know that if we're going to find God with us in the midst of where we are these days, we're going to find him right inside our hearts. And if we aren't growing in self-awareness, then uh, we're going to be less able to identify God in his presence and his action and his love for us in the moments that we need it the most. So when I ask you how you're doing and we actually exercise our self-awareness, then we're growing in our capacity uh, to experience God. It's also important for us, I think, to, on a daily basis or even more than once a day, look inside our hearts just because you shouldn't presume that how you're doing today is how you were doing yesterday. All right? Our interior lives are going to feel different day to day. And if we just presume that we are doing today the way that we were doing yesterday, then we might miss out on some real beautiful grace. Like last night. Last night, I had a great night. Last night, I felt like I was able to breathe for the for the first time since uh, since Sunday when the stay-at-home mandate was uh, issued by the governor. I was able to laugh last night. I was able to just exhale. I was able to actually go to bed with a real peaceful heart last night. And I woke up this morning and I just felt lighter. I woke up this morning and I felt a little bit more relaxed. I woke up this morning uh, and I, I, could, I could find God, I could sense God's presence there just a little easier this morning. And I think that's what all of us really want right now, right? Don't most of us in the midst of everything else that we want, don't most of us really just want to find God in the midst of where we are? Is it that why you're listening? You know, a lot of us are feeling a lot of things right now. A lot of us may be just feeling things that maybe it's the first time we've felt, right? Maybe it's the first time that we've felt this much inside our hearts, right? So just the fact that there's a lot of activity on the inside might just be different for a lot of us. You know, some of us may be feeling things that we don't want to feel, right? And I'm going to name a couple of things. Just kind of like see, see what lands in your heart. See if any of this helps this morning, right? Some of us might be feeling frustration, right? And you don't like the fact that you're feeling frustrated. Some of us may feel impatient, and that sometimes can throw us off. Some of us may be struggling with our expectations, either of, of life or the mandate or the response to the coronavirus. Some of us may be struggling with our expectations of ourselves or our employers or our families or you know, whoever. You know, A lot of us may be just struggling with expectations, right? And, and that can throw us off, especially a lot of us who are growing in self-awareness. Maybe you don't like the way that that feels. Maybe some of us are feeling things on the inside that we don't even know how to name. Like you don't know how to, to name what you want right now or 
you don't know how to name why you're feeling this way or you don't know how to name whatever is going on inside. So, so some of us are feeling for the first time. Some of us don't know how to name what we feel. Some of us are feeling things we don't like. But I would bet for a lot of us, there's just a lot that's happening on the inside. Plus, we have more time right now and the intensity in the air think naturally focuses us to pay a little bit more attention to something that's stirring on the inside and and now let me let me see if I can paint a picture for you of your heart and see if this makes sense right so then it, we can feel like our our hearts are crowded what, what does that mean it means that sometimes there can be so much going on on the inside that that we don't even know where to start or some of the things we know, some of the things we don't know, some of the things we can name, some of the things we can't name, right? It just feels crowded there. And then we know we want God, and we kind of presume that God's going to be in our heart. But considering everything else that's there and how crowded it all feels, gosh, it can just get not only difficult to find God, but at some point it just gets overwhelming and tiring with everything that's going on on the inside. Like, like let me give you an example. A fictitious example, and if anything in the example touches home, then then just let the Lord touch whatever's there, right? I'll give you an example of a, a guy, um, a guy named Adam. Now, Adam is fictitious. Again, uh, uh, Adam is merely for the sake of an example. Let's say Adam's out there living in South Louisiana, and, uh, man, he's just worried about his job right now. He, his, his, um, his profession... Um, is it one of those that was listed as essential? Um, he, he's not a kind of person who can do a lot of work from home. Most of his work you know, really requires him to be uh, away from home, either touching things or, or servicing people in a variety of ways. And it's not really one of those jobs where he can he can work from home, but yet he's got to now work from home. And he, he's looking at the number of days that are left with things that he can do. And he's just worried about his job. He's also worried about his health. He's washing, washing his hands and he's social distancing and he's doing all the things he's supposed to do. But Adam is the primary breadwinner in his family. And he's worried that if he gets sick, cool, man, what's going to happen? He's also a good dad. He's a good, he's a good husband. He's worried about his, his wife. He's worried about his kids. He wants them to, to stay healthy and to stay safe. And he wakes up with the hum of anxiety right now. Man, what's going to happen if I get sick? What would happen if, if I came down with the coronavirus? Now, Adam is, is not a guy who spends a whole lot of time thinking about big things in life. He likes to hunt, likes to fish, and you know, especially the you know, the quiet moments in the deer stand or the, the early moments of the sunrise when he's out taking his boat out to go fishing early in the morning. Like he he enjoys quiet in those moments. And sometimes he'll think about the bigger things in life, but Man, right now, he, he's, he's asking a question that he hadn't really asked in a long time about life and about his health. And, you know, sometimes Adam, because he is a provider, he can tend to get into um, the extreme. So, man, what happens if this happens and this happens and then happens? And, man, what happens if I get sick? And, well, you can just imagine how he might even finish the sentence there, right? There's a lot stern inside of Adam. And he comes home after work, and, and there's just a lot there waiting for him, right? 
his his wife is worried about her health, and, and his wife is worried about his health because she understands that he's the primary breadwinner, and she loves him and doesn't want to, you know, have to raise the kids without him. But she's she's worried about everybody's health, and she's, you know, carrying all that anxiety, and it just feels different between the two of them right now, and and she doesn't know why she's more frustrated with him, but she is, and. And he doesn't know what he's done. He's trying to figure it all out. But his kids have been pent up all day in the house. They can't go see their friends. They can't do the things they used to do. Can't go to soccer practice or baseball practice. And and they can only watch so many things on the screen. They even get a little screen fatigued themselves. And, and man, Adam just walked into that environment after work. And there's no outlets for him like he used to have, right? There's no, he can't watch sports. He he used to love taking his kids to baseball practice and he'd just sit in the stands and he'd just let, like, not think for an hour, right? He would just, like, enjoy the quiet. But he can't do that anymore, right? So he's dealing with a lot of stuff during the day and then he comes home and, man, he's dealing with that all over again when he comes home. So everything happening in Adam right now, there's a lot going on, but he doesn't really have the language for it and certainly doesn't know how to find God in the midst of it. He's just a doing the best he can in life. That's Adam. And I wonder, maybe, if anything, what, what, what in Adam's life maybe would you connect with? What's there in Adam's world that might be there in your world? Now here's the good news for Adam. And here's the good news for you. God's pursuing Adam more than Adam's pursuing God. Really. God's the one who wants to be with Adam. God's the one who's reaching out to Adam. God's the one who's trying to get Adam's attention. God's taking the initiative more than Adam is. See, that's the key. And if I could say anything to Adam this morning, I would say, hey, Adam, just put yourself in a position to be found by God, bro. I'll tell you another story. There's a great priest, Father Larry Gillick. He's a, a Jesuit priest in, in the Omaha area. And I did a lot of teaching in Omaha for a season in my life. And I heard him tell the story of um, a particular summer vacation that he went on. And a couple of things you want to know about Father Larry. He's a great man, loves the Lord. He's a brilliant spiritual director. And... He's blind. He's telling a story about being on vacation one day and kind of walking around a neighborhood. He, he's, he's in great health. He's a, actually is a runner. He's a walker. And this particular day, he just went out for a walk by himself. He's so familiar with the neighborhood, he felt confident to go out by himself. So he's walking around in the neighborhood this particular day, just enjoying life and enjoying the walk. And hey, just for whatever circumstances, he just kind of gets disoriented and gets lost. So he's lost, and he's blind, and he, he's beginning to really panic. So he asks God for helping, and he hears inside of heart, he hears God say, sit down in the middle of the street. And Father Larry says back to God, that's the stupidest thing I've ever heard in my life. To which God says back to Father Larry, put yourself in a position to be found. So Father Larry sit down in the middle of the street. 
He's waiting, waiting. And there's this car coming. He can hear the car coming. And, man, he's in the middle of the street. And this story's going to end really, really good or, or really, really bad. And, man, the car stops. They actually know for the liar. The people in the car, they recognize him. They get out. They're like, fuck the liar. What are you doing? He's like, well, I'm putting myself in a position to be found. And they, they get in the car. So he gets in the car, and they bring him back to the house. He gets out the car, walks up the driveway, puts his hand on the doorknob of the front door, and stops. Because he realized that he just learned one of the most important things in the spiritual life, which is when you're lost and you don't know where to go, stop and put yourself in a position to be found by God who's pursuing us. So what might you do? What might Adam do? right now at this stage of life to put himself in a position to be found. Well, how about, I guess, give you something more practical today. How about, what if we did this? What if we took, I'm talking 10 minutes. Hey, maybe could I stretch it to 15? 15 minutes every day at the end of the day, just in silence. And if you do this for the next seven days and your life isn't better, then you can stop, all right? <laughs> but trust me, it's going to work. I promise you it's going to work. The next seven days, let's take 15 minutes at the end of every day or at some point during the day. Heck, of all, a lot of us have more time. And I, and I want you to pray one psalm a day. It's in the Bible, in the Old Testament. Look at the table of contents if you need to. Find the book of Psalms and just read one psalm a day. I want you to read it three times. Take it real, real slow, all right? Just read it three times and see if there's a word or phrase that just kind of speaks to your heart. And the good thing about the Psalms is they're, they're, they're written by people like me and you, like Adam, who were just trying to find God. And they're, they're, the Psalms are actually poems. That's really cool. They're poems about people who found God. And one of them is Psalm 121. I want to read that for you right now. We're going to pray a little bit today. Listen to this. Imagine what this might say to Adam. Psalm 121. My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. He will not allow your foot to slip or your guardian to sleep. Behold, the guardian of Israel never slumbers or sleeps. The Lord is your guardian. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. By day the sun will not strike you, nor the moon by night. The Lord will guard you from all evil. He will guard your soul. The Lord will guard your coming and going, both now and forever. Psalm 121. Speaking to Adam. Speaking to you. Hey, the Lord's with you. I promise you that. He's pursuing you. Heavenly Father, I thank you for the gift of just today and for all those who are listening. And may you pour forth your blessings upon them. May Adam and every Adam out there, may every one of us know that you are pursuing us. Give us the grace that we need to make it through today, to find you with us today. 
and maybe even find a little time to pray today. Bless all those that we love, keep them all safe, and protect those in the medical industry and the first responders who are trying to keep us safe. And may Almighty God bless you, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.